0: You're in a fenestration conversation, where Canada's window and door industry talks about the things that matter to our businesses. Now, here's your host, Patrick Flannery.
1: Well, hi, everybody. It's uh, Pat Flannery coming at you again. And uh, today I'm uh, excited to be joined by uh, two friends from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. I'm sure you're all familiar with uh, that organization, tremendous advocates for uh, small business right across the country. Uh, always uh, appearing in the news and appearing at our events and uh, and, and joining up with our associations and I think uh, I think doing some great work on on promoting an advocacy for uh, for the the, the the little guy uh, out there in business. It's uh, it's always nice to see and and, and we certainly need their services. Uh, Marvin Cruz is here he is the director of research for the uh, the CFIB and also Christina Santini uh, she is the uh, director of National Affairs for uh, CFIB and uh we're uh, we're just gonna today today the idea is we just want to have a, a year-end wrap up get the numbers, Look back at 2023. Look ahead, maybe a little bit at 2024, and 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 try to see how things went and where they're going, and 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 hit some of the big issues. So, uh, Marvin and Christina, thanks very much for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, so let's um, let's start um, just with uh, a quick introductions, I guess. Uh, uh, Marvin, why don't you start us off and uh, and tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, and what you're doing with the CFIB.
0: Sure, I've been at the Federation now for 24 years, so uh, pretty much uh, straight out of school, uh, graduating with an economics degree out of U of T and dropped myself right into small business issues
1: fantastic fantastic and uh, from looking at you marvin that means you must have joined the cfib when you were about 8 years old so that's uh, that's great so and Chris, Christina, same uh, uh, same question to you and uh, and maybe uh and and maybe give us uh even a little more on uh, on the cfib and uh, and what your mission is
2: Absolutely, so uh, I'm Christina Santini, Director of National Affairs, been with the CFIB for about 18 months. Before that, I was actually with the federal government uh, at National Affairs. My responsibility is sort of to advocate on behalf of our members who are small business owners. As you referenced, we represent the little guys, uh, 97,000 small business owners uh, from coast to coast and across all sectors. And uh various uh, national affairs provincial affairs directors like myself lobby uh federal governments municipal governments provincial governments for the interests of small businesses Uh, but we also have a great uh resource and tool i would say our hidden gem which is business resources uh they are basically uh they develop information that is posted available online that could help employers with key questions around human resources, recruitment, CRA. We also have a helpline and we have dedicated uh, employees that will walk you through and try to help you out with the issue and get you the resources that you need Um, And then lastly, because of our scale, we can negotiate some nifty savings with key partners, such as Scotiabank, TELUS, um, and uh, Chase, various services that most businesses will end up using, um, and thus they get preferential rates.
1: I, I can't remember when I got digging around in that. I I think it was something to do with, again, probably something to do during COVID, uh, but uh, the, uh, yeah, you, you guys had some great templates on there for, uh, for, for HR stuff and safety plans and, 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 and all these re- really nice uh, uh, member benefits there. Uh, uh, so I, I, I recommend everybody check that out because I mean, it's, it's got to make life a lot easier. I mean, I know if, if i was uh, in business for myself well first of all i wouldn't last long but secondly i'd uh, i would uh, you know really appreciate being able to just uh, to get something that was you know official so so that that's just i mean you guys do a lot of other stuff but that was just the one thing that i remember really looking at and going wow you can get all this and it's right there uh yep. you don't have to get a lawyer or a consultant or whatever to to make this thing up for you so that's a that's that's a pretty nice thing so let's let's start out uh we'll stay with you Christina for now um um when you're talking to members as you've been talking to members uh, uh, throughout the year and 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 now, um what are the big things on 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 everybody's mind I, I i guess again speaking broadly in the in the small construction sector right like small businesses subcontractors not the not the big guys they have other they they're worried about i don't know other things but uh the 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 smaller your your members what are what are people talking about what are people asking you about these days
2: so Ultimately, rising costs on all lands and labor shortages. Those are the, I would say the two big lines that we're hearing a lot from our members. Mm -hmm. Um, Labor shortages, particularly skilled laborers, it's always been an issue, it's persistingly an issue. It's where we see a a great proportion of the vacancies reported amongst our membership. Uh, So it's still an issue that governments need to try to help employers provide. We've recently completed a report on labor shortages that actually monetized the value of lost revenues because of it. Mm. Overall, for all small businesses in 2022, 38 billion billion was lost in terms of revenue and opportunity because they didn't have the labor they needed to deliver on sales or even grow and accept new contracts. Um, in the construction sector, you're talking about $9.6 billion. It was the most affected sector. Mm -hmm. so it's true that is like i would say the number one issue but then of course very close behind it is rising costs and here we're talking about fuel and transportation energy input costs and of course borrowing costs which have just exploded with the bank of canada central rates going up
1: yeah and and that's i I remember being uh uh, somewhat flabbergasted a few years ago when i started hearing that that you know a, a number of my readers you know would comment we could do more we we could grow we we could do this and take on more jobs and 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 do more business but you literally can't get the people i i mean it's it's uh it's it's it was it, it's it's been that bad uh marvin what do you think um what do you think are some of the sources of that uh, what's uh what what what's underlying some of these uh some of these uh, the, i guess those two big issues that
0: are there yeah, as Christina's saying, I think a lot of our members or business owners are still dealing or reeling with labor shortages. It's one in two that are reeling with these labor shortages and that's really having a, an impact on their productivity. Just being able to get the people in to do this work and it's just it's having an issue in terms of, you know, how they uh, how they work, how they how uh, their contracts, how they can, you know, if if uh, getting things done. It's all just becoming quite a headache for them. It's at about a historical average at this point, but still it's, it's something that isn't helping out the situation, considering the wide number of issues that are happening around just the labor shortages, as Christina's saying. Costs of doing business are insane right now, mm-hmm. so wage costs included. So I know the uh, the inflation rate has been coming down a bit over time with the rising interest rates. But those rising interest rates also presented other problems for business owners. So while you're trying to solve the inflation aspect, you're creating another uh, another uh, issue for business owners in that sense with the borrowing costs. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of these things where they're hit, getting hit from every angle here. And I think that's where governments kind of uh, need to need to assess that it's not a a silo approach to this. There needs to be sort of an an overarching look at what's happening uh, to business owners and to the business community, and understand that you know these are all moving pieces. So just moving one piece is going to have a real critical effect on others. And just focusing on how to best leverage each uh, each one of these pieces so that there's uh, you know they're they're uh, they're productive rather than counterintuitive. It's been so weird,
1: hasn't it? it's this it's this drag on the supply side that that we didn't see for decades. Um, right? Like like I mean, you you have this um, like like before if prices went up or or, or something went on with prices, it, it it could be it could be dealt with. Uh, it, it could be dealt with, with more business. It could be dealt with, with financing, uh, especially when the rates were low, it could be dealt with in, in, in different ways, but, but we entered this phase where you couldn't get, you couldn't get labor. And then in some play, in some case, even material supplies for love nor money. And, 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 and it was, it, 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 it's created, a, I think a situation that's harder even for the, for the smaller business to, to, to deal with. Right, Marvin? Cause there's, there's sort of no way
0: out. Yeah. And I mean, that's uh, where do you go with this? Right. Other than, you know, turning down contracts, as Christina was saying, it's yeah. that's what it, that's what it ultimately leads to. They're going to postpone the time of, their, of uh, their existing contracts as well, just to be able to deal with this. So and all of this is in a, at a time when, you know, their revenue levels are are essentially not back to normal levels. So, if, you know, if you look at the tail of the tape in terms of how business owners are doing over the year. You know, they're at at last check they were at 44% of their usual levels of revenue, so they're having to account for you know um, for the uh, the outside influences on their business and, and factors that are affecting it at the same time, trying to deal with their own cash flow issues here as well, right? So their profit levels are at 31% of usual levels, so it's it's a it's a it's 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 a and that levels are at 45% as well of what you, they usually would have, so you know, it's it's creating this, this situation where, uh, like I was mentioning, it's it goes beyond just one issue like the labor shortage or, uh, you know, the rising interest rates. It's all playing a part in this sort of uh, uh, environment that's creating harm for businesses at this time. And it's, you know, when you look at the forest for the trees, you kind of get a sense of there's a real crisis here where we need to figure out how to best help businesses in in best situations. And that's where we promote in our reports, you know, just making sure we're tapping into the right sources and saying, this is what you can do here. And this is what you can do there in order to help us out.
1: Now, now, hold on, help me out here. Revenue is that construction sector revenues are 45% of their, of their historical average. That's at the, that's,
0: so that's at the normal level, the usual level. And that's for all businesses, but Oh, uh, constructions around that mark as well.
1: Right. Okay. And then, and then, thirty-one percent, thirty-one percent profits, and then, but forty-five percent debt. Yeah. So, so the debt is down.
0: Thirty-three <laughs> uh, percent are taking more debt. So oh, oh, that's. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, oh. oh, oh so okay. Only forty-five percent are their usual. Oh. Level. Another thirty-three okay. percent are paying even more right now. Right? Okay. That, okay. That includes all types of pandemic debt that they took on, right? Yeah. So it's not just any SIBA loan or you know, it's everything else that they also had to had to take on in order to keep their business thriving and going.
1: Christina, is it your sense that governments have a have a have a have an accurate picture of uh of, of how the sector is doing and, and, and really what 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 level of stress is on uh, is on the small businesses
2: i think they've been made aware there's been various studies including in the house of commons of like what factors and what policies are affecting the housing market uh, it's been well known and well documented labor shortages you know, many experts, including ourselves, have testified to this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also told them, you know, borrow rates and the fact that's going down is having its impact. It's getting harder to access financing. But for smaller projects, let's say renovations, homeowners, things like that, um, individuals might just be postponing. So it's actually leading to softening demand. And we've been seeing that in our numbers for our membership overall. And I, we presume that in the coming year, it's going to be felt a lot more across all sectors.
1: Yeah, that that that's a huge one, and and one that um, uh, doesn't always come up. Uh, uh, I, I think is as important as it is. Anybody with exposure to that home renovation market, which is is well, two out of three of my uh, of my business channels, um, that the importance of like people got really used to those taking your line of credit out of your mortgage and getting basically free money at your mortgage rate uh for your for your home renovations because as soon as the banks stopped caring what you spend the money on which i'm old enough to remember when they used to care uh but they uh they 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 decided somewhere along the line that they didn't anymore and that was great uh and uh and and that drove especially during the pandemic my god that you know it it was going wild uh on on the home rentals and that but but there is a lot of concern that that just it was eating up future demand, right? It was just pulling everything forward, and uh, and 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 then you wouldn't see that anymore. So, so you're, you're you're seeing and hearing that too. That those 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 rates and the, and and that level of activity in the home renovation market is possibly going to be depressed for a little while.
2: So yeah, we've heard from our members that they're starting to feel demand going down and slowing. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't heard the attribution and and necessarily why our interpretation of the data was that it is in part because individuals don't have access to the financing and two inflation costs are going up for everyone so they're making choices are we going to replace our windows or are we going to upgrade our washroom or are we going to put more money towards the increasing energy costs the uh car that needs uh new brakes etc so they're having to make those kinds of trade-offs and choices
1: Hmm. Marvin is, is there a uh, is there a difference between how your members uh again the smaller businesses do and 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 what the numbers and the performance has been uh, on on say larger contractors and 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 larger businesses in the country. I I I get the sense that um I mean the inflation and the rates are you know sort of hit everybody the the the, the labor supply yeah, I don't know. I think the bigger companies have an easier time finding people. Um, but uh, what 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 what's your sense when you when you look at your numbers and your data of, of the if there's any gap there?
0: Well, we mainly focus on small business, those being one to four ninety nine. So within that uh, within that we we're not really seeing much of a difference there. I think they're all having to deal with the similar issues across the board there in terms of. Of any uh, any of that, but you know, we I can't speak to the larger corporations and seeing how they're sort of dealing with these things. I'd have to take a closer look at that. But one of the interesting things about the the this whole renovation thing is we we're releasing a report in January just on home renos, and we took a sort of a micro approach at a macro view. So we're looking at you know how difficult is it to renovate your washroom, let's say from a powder room into a full washroom, right? Let's say you're, you're doing this to, um, you know, have uh, more people live in your home or to expand sort of the, the housing stock in some way, right? And what we noticed is that there's a lot of permits and a lot of time that goes into just a simple bathroom rental. I think we were looking at about 11% of the cost of the permits alone are, are um, you know, our 11% of the costs are solely on the permits themselves. So, and it doesn't take into account the the delays, which can last up to 60 days. So, it's one of these things where when you're looking at just a simple reno in that sense, well, not simple, but it's it's a smaller sized reno, translating that into a new build, for example, it's exponential at that point. So, it just makes it even more difficult. But we're trying to sort of uh, put eyes on that issue that, you know, even even accomplishing something like this is a, is can be an insurmountable task for some. But to
2: add to that it's our first foray into the housing discussion and it's basically looking to see how you can make make and empower homeowners to be part of the social solution by adding housing stock so many cities have been trying to encourage um, individuals to sort of convert basements or into uh, apartments or to create laneway homes or coach homes well if the process is so onerous in terms of the number of documents that are required and the costs associated with it, as Marvin cited in the numbers for British Columbia, it's 11% of the cost of a simple project valued at $20,000, it can create disincentives. So helping address those disincentives can help empower uh, individuals to be part of the solution to add to the housing stock. Um, it can generate demand, again, on the in the renovation sector, um, but it could also ensure that the public health and safety objectives of the legislations or the bylaws, I should say, at municipalities is reinforced because if it's simpler and less costly, it's more likely to be followed.
1: Hmm. Cutting red tape is something I know that I know the the CFIB has been on pretty much for its entire existence uh, and, and, and works very hard on and and it's interesting to me that some of the understanding of that uh, on the housing side and i uh, staying on housing is good because the fall economic the federal fall economic statement just came out and there was a whole lot in there about it uh and 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 i noticed that that even the feds even even ottawa is is they they had some line in there about wanting to leverage their funding to the provinces to try to get the provinces to cut it <laughs> to try to get them to do something about it which seemed remarkable to me that they have to go to those lengths but but and then and then here in Ontario the provinces have have to pass th- these you know fairly radical uh, uh, legislation changes to try to allow the municipalities to do it. they have to they have to change the relationship between municipal mayors and their council in, in order to get them to override their own boards. Um, does the CFIb, Christina, have 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 specific recommendations about 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 what sort of like I mean, red tape should be taken away uh, to, to 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 try to let the housing go and 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 make it happen as fast as it really could if it was allowed to?
2: So we have some general recommendations that we make with regards to red tape to all level of, levels of government, which is one, champion it, champion it politically so that it can get done to take stock of it. Know how many rules and regulations you have and what it entails, and then aim to cut for it by setting a target such, you know, the federal feds have the one for one rule. That's just gonna keep things level. Mm-hmm. So what you actually wanna introduce is more of a one for two rule or something that sees, sees a, re, a reduction in those requirements. Um, and of course, um, once you've set up all these elements, you need to publicly report against it. And so that you're held to account and that you can ensure that that information is being brought back. Now, in Ontario, one of the interesting things is that it establishes standards within which building permits must be processed. And, you know, that's what municipalities will will cite and adhere to. In our research, we didn't see any municipalities or very few actually reporting against it in terms of whether or not they successively met those standards in a certain amount of time. So only half of the solution is there.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's, that, that, that's interesting. Marvin, is it your sense that, um, that it's <laughs> accurate? And I'll, I'll, I'll put out what I hear from, from, from my readers. When I, when when I talk to them is that a whole lot could be going on, right? Uh, 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 all of this building could be happening. The, 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 well, again, labor supply, labor issues. That's another thing, but, 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 if 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 the if the municipalities would let builders build where they want when they want there there there, there wouldn't be uh, these issues and historically would not have been these issues that that we have with the supply right now uh is it your sense that that's the main factor that's holding that back or uh or or are there other things that are that are getting in the way of the supply going up as fast as it needs to
0: uh I wouldn't say that that's the only reason that is that holding it back. Mm-hmm. There, there's plenty of other um, nuances around that that kind of create uh, problems. And The one thing is that, like you were mentioning, there isn't really a sense of the amount of regulation that's involved in some of these things. I mean, there needs to be some kind of measurement to see how badly it is that it's affecting a specific market. I mean, for the last couple of years, I've been writing reports on red tape and consistently, as Christina was saying, we're asking governments to, you know, get on a scale and measure their regulatory burden on businesses, whatever it is. So in order to be able to assess what needs to be reduced and where you can you can help things out, you first have to know what the problem is. So I think that's one of the major drawbacks to things is that there's more of a focus on what we can do right now in this area without necessarily having an understanding as to the full impact that is uh, that is out there. Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah hard 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 to measure and 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 so much of it is is anecdotal and so much of it varies from time to time i mean i mean some municipalities are very good at 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 doing permits and zoning and everything else and and others are 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 just have a giant drag uh on the on the on the thing and it's 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 pretty hard to to quantify right across um Mm -hmm. let's look ahead then a little bit uh marvin staying with you um the 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 big uh Economic indicators, the the things that you guys at the CFI be look at to try to gauge small business health, um, or at least the, the the health of the sector. Um, what uh, what are things looking like going into twenty twenty four What what do you expect to see happening in twenty
0: twenty four? Yeah, so one of the big ones that we keep a track on is the confidence levels and where confidence levels are. And right now, we look at both the three-month confidence and 12-month confidence, so looking ahead a full year. The three-month confidence level is definitely lower than the 12-month, so they're a little bit more optimistic in the 12-month, thinking that things might improve as it goes along. But both numbers are well below any historical averages that we've had. Mm. So the situation is still... Pretty bad in terms of business owners and where they are with their confidence. Um, In terms of the construction sector, it's the confidence level for that three months is quite low. It's actually in the bottom four among all sectors. So again, and it's well below its its own historical average as well. So and the twelfth month as well, they are within that bottom four as well. So it's it's one of those indicators that lets you know how. You know how they're how they're perceiving their business, how it's going. Taking into account all the different aspects that we talked about, from labor shortages to rising interest rates to borrowing costs, all those different aspects. This kind of the, the confidence overview gives you a sense as to okay, forest for trees, situation's not good. So how do we improve all of this? And that's where we, that's where we tailor our policy, uh, our, our policy advice to government is, you know, different different areas you can do this, that, and and another thing to try to help business owners out. Right now, increasing taxes at, at certain certain points and certain for certain taxes don't doesn't make any sense. It's a, you're essentially the tax burden is already very high as business owners have told us. It's second only to the uh, to the cost of doing business and labor shortages. So it's a it, it's there's very little going around as you, as you heard from the review numbers there's very little going around so increases in taxes, any tax, whether it's a whether it's your um, you know your payroll taxes, corporate income taxes, anything like that even though as I mentioned before these things are sometimes done in silo. there really does need to be an overarching sort of approach to ensuring that it's not harming rather than benefiting at some point right so there has to be an overlying benefit to this thing and where does it come from
1: what what, what I what I smell in those in those numbers is um a lot of uh <clears throat> waiting you know with the three months different than the 12month there's a lot of there's a lot of waiting on the interest rates uh every, everybody I imagine is looking at the that, that last Bank of Canada announcement uh well not an announcement a, a prediction whatever idea threatening signaling whatever you want to call it you know how they work uh, it's all you know smoke signals um th- that um that maybe june uh, of next year uh if if inflation stays stays flat or continues to decline they might they might start looking at uh, at rate cuts again i, I think a lot of uh, business owners are looking ahead at that however on the ici construction side um uh larger project builders um are have a bit of a structural issue uh, because uh, this uh, move to work from home has left a lot of commercial real estate empty, um, and there's uh, there, there's some long term uh, concerns there about about what's going to go on with um, certainly with office space um and uh and 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 even uh, even some downtown uh, institutional space, but uh but you know, condos, I think will will come rearing back as soon as the rates go down a little bit. but uh it, it some of the some of the commercial stuff is a problem. Christina, what are governments likely to do in 2024? What, what do you think um, you know, Mar- Marvin made some great points about taxes um, um, where, where do you think where do you think that's going to go? um and uh and and i guess i guess anything else you're keeping your eye on uh for the next budget uh coming up in the spring
0: uh so we're
2: keeping an eye on whether or not there will be any sibo related announcement because it's still one of our big push it's a huge priority for our members we right. want to see that deadline associated with the forgivable portion extended will it happen i i do not have a crystal ball as to what the government will do, but our priorities definitely for the new year are related to keeping taxes low, um, ensuring that SIBA deadline is extended, um, reducing red tape and helping our our members address labor shortage pressures. Um, Those those are are the, the big elements that we hope to see progress on. Whether or not the government is listening and whether those are their biggest priorities to tackle right now, it is not fully known or at this time
1: it doesn't seem like there's a chance of a big tax rise really does there I I I feel like um I mean I know they've been spending a lot but 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 no one seems to care about deficits anymore so you know are they, are they and, and, and it would be politically unpopular of course it always is to raise taxes uh but uh I don't know my, my sense I, I mean, I'm just talking out of my, you know, uh, the rear end. But I, I mean that that it it, it my sense would be I, I. It doesn't seem like they're sending out the. Um, there's often signals, right? There's often trial so, balloons. There's often rumblings, you know, that there might be something happening on taxes if they're going to. Um, you you there, just left government eighteen months ago, Christina. Well,
2: yeah. So the, the key thing to note is there are some tax increases that have already been announced, mm. right? So okay. EI is going up on January 1st and those, yeah, those contribution true. rates are going up. Mm-hmm. CPP, while the rate itself is not going up, the amount until which the you have to pay it and the introduction of a second ceiling. So there's going to be a new portion of income, which is now covered under CPP, but at a lower rate, that's going to all going to add up to the costs and burden of, um, uh, business owners Mm -hmm. um so that's one of the ways that taxes and affordability is going to be affected the other element or the other tax that we're anticipating but we're hoping will be frozen is the carbon tax Uh, so in ontario and for those provinces that fall under it uh you're going to see it go up again on april 1st we know these are coming in
1: i was just thinking i was thinking that while you were talking was yeah that's 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 how they'll go at it: is rather than you know direct corporate taxes or direct income taxes or whatever, it's it's these things like carbon taxes and 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 and, and EI premiums where it's you know I, I guess they're they're trying to target it, but it it's it 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 ends up being the same, right? Because you, you you get a tax on the gas and the gas gets more expensive, and suddenly everything else your business does is is just just cost just costs that much more. There's there's really no other way around it, is there?
2: Uh, on the gas piece, I'll just add, you know, individuals are getting back part of what they pay back, pay into it through credits, through the income tax system. Businesses haven't. There's some money that was set aside notionally when it was first established. It's never gone back to small business owners. And so that is one of the points we're fighting really hard on is that it's just not fair. It's supposed to be revenue neutral and clearly isn't.
0: Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Well, um, if I, if I can add one. Thing yeah, here. Go ahead, Marvin. Just on the uh, payroll tax stuff, I think that's one of the things that I was kind of inferring in terms of the, the, the tax uh, situation there. And the reason why I brought that up is that over the past year, a colleague of mine uh, replicated a report that I had done. So over this past year, we released it, the, the weight of uh, payroll taxes. So in that, we looked at a $50,000 salary compared across the board, all all the provinces to see, you know, how much is it that business owners are paying across different provinces here? So what we came up with is that there's an average, on average, a business owner on a $50,000 salary is paying an additional $5,000 for that employee on taxes alone. Mm -hmm. So that $50,000 salary now becomes a $55,000 salary. Yeah. so it's it's a, and qpp and uh ei amount for about seven, 77% of that burden so it's again it's it's these tax increases that are already happening and they're on the schedule that are going to make it a little bit more difficult for business owners to deal with 2024
1: right right good stuff uh back to Christina. um the labor the, back to the labor piece uh which i i i think a lot of people feel like, well, there's not a whole lot we can do about inflation. It's kind of structural, and you know, came out of some weird things, and 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 then interest rates are there because they're fighting inflation, and you know, I guess that's working. Um, but um, on the labor on the labor piece, uh, it seems to me one thing that you know, for years and years, I've worked with industry groups that try very hard to increase the supply of skilled labor in their sector, whatever that is. They, they, they do career fairs. They work with universities. They work with colleges. They, 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 they promote, promote, promote. They do everything they can. And it just seems to be very difficult to get uh, enough kids uh, coming out of high school uh, to be uh, to enter into the, the 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 trades, basically construction sector trades. Uh, there's lots that still do, but there's there's never seems to be enough. Um, so I think what a lot of people are coming around to is the idea that immigration is going to be very key uh, to this to this issue. Um, uh, we're going to have to invite in uh, uh, people with the trades that we need from other parts of the world um, and, uh, and, 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 and have them come in. And you know what, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I've, I've spoken to a number of, uh, a number of small businesses that have gotten involved in, for instance, in foreign worker programs, and they are so thrilled with the people they get, uh, they work, they work very hard and they're very skilled and, and it's, it's, it's actually tremendous. They're the, usually the first thing they're asking is, is, is how to keep them here. Um, I noticed that in the, again, in that fall economic statement, the feds had, um, had uh, uh some some statement that they were they were trying to tweak their immigration uh, system for for who merits for who they're allowing in uh to include skilled trades uh do you think there's enough of that it, it, ha, has that gone far enough is there more that could be done
2: so we we took note that the government introduced new powers to the ministry of vdsc to create special categories from which to pull um um, it's federal uh, experienced workers or in, in different uh, in applicants mm-hmm. into the immigration system um, to prioritize them based on industry or uh, sector or different characteristics that address our needs, uh, whether they be sectoral, regional, etc., um, so, that new power uh, began to be used in uh, just this past year. Um, the, ES, ES, excuse me, the Minister of Immigration Canada had prioritized uh, Francophones, so the special draws for French uh, speaking individuals who would um, intend to uh, live outside of Quebec, so to ensure bilingualism across the country. However, they also prioritized those working in science, technology, and mathematics, as well as trades, and this was great, and this was welcomed, um, and so many of those in trades don't necessarily have as high level of a knock or national occupational code to, and get as many points as some others, and this would basically enable them to be drawn beforehand because they meet those specific needs. That's great that's welcome we provided our support. The one thing to consider is that you still need to be eligible for one of the current economic streams which means that you do need to be more of a uh, a trained or higher level occupation. So at least semi-skilled or skilled those that enter into construction more as an and occupy general labor or unskilled work they wouldn't necessarily qualify. So mm-hmm. we've been pushing to sort of expand it because what we understand is there are many generalists that also contribute to the completions of various construction tasks. So if that's the sector that they're intending to work on, that's something that needs to be considered entirely, but that is not necessarily fulsomely within the current scope of the legislation. They'd have to revisit it.
1: Wow. Thank thank you for that explanation. <laughs> I, I did not I did not understand exactly how that works. So okay, that's sorry. Their, nope.
2: More or less, now they're going to be prioritizing a, a little more so individuals from trades because they gave themselves yep. the power to be able to do so.
1: But they have to be ticketed and stuff, uh, you know, or 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 have some, you know, have yep. some designation from their country. Whereas whereas you know what, a, a lot of my a lot of my, my listeners here uh, would would probably be be happy if they could at least get people who are interested in working, uh, even if they don't have the skills and 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 are, and are willing to get trained. Uh, you know that even 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 that would probably uh, be good as well. So I, I mean, it's it's just a matter of uh, of having people willing to enter the sector to a larger extent. But skilled is better. Don't get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> you know that, that you know if, if if you can get and you know what if if you if you open it up and just and just allow the numbers, uh, oh, oh my goodness, the, the, <laughs> there's so many people with the skills all over the rest of the world, right? That would be uh, I think probably very eager. Uh, uh uh to come and work here um you 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 probably could resolve a, a lot of that problem although the, although then other than people say things like well we have this housing crisis and then if you let in all these immigrants and there's no housing and uh, you know now, now you haven't really solved anything so i i guess so i believe
2: a- that's why they're trying to target it to bringing yeah, in no. the workers they're going to help them solve the, the housing crisis because we don't necessarily have them here yeah um so that's that's one of the things that I believe that uh, statement was speaking to is they would hope to do more of that so that they can ensure that the contribution that's coming in is the contributions that Canada needs most at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say that just today they made an announcement with regards to international students. They had previously uh, lifted the cap on how many hours international students could work, and that was going to expire at the end of this year. It's been extended to the end of April 2024, so another four months, which is a welcome first step and i think they're reassessing and reevaluating um that the whether or not it will continue to be extended or if just a higher amount of hours will be uh, provided whatever their options are on the table so i do know we've heard from our members that they appreciated this this alleviated the need for their usual workers to work overtime or to um to to increase their capacity. So that's definitely a welcome announcement that international students who have been allowed to work more hours will continue to do so at least until the end of April, 2024.
1: Good stuff, good stuff to know, okay. Marvin, go into you. Uh, you, yeah, you. go can ahead, Marvin. That that's
0: you can tell that that's uh, Christina's sweet spot right there. So. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. See, yeah, boy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get her on the get her on the immigration stuff. And, uh, it's uh... <laughs> thanks for loving that one at her, not me. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, now, now you now you get the geeky economic stuff. Oh, that's, good, that's, good. that's 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 that's, that's for you, Marvin. Yes, yeah, Marvin. That's, 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 your, that's that's your stuff, Marvin. What is inflation going to do? in 2024 and what are the what are the factors and and what are we what, what are we looking at here I and mean, tie
0: in the interest rates if you can yeah so you know if i had a crystal ball and i could tell you what's going to happen it'd be great if i did know i would just run the vegas with it <laughs> So, because at this point we know that the bank canada has done great things in terms of raising that interest rate to try to bring down that inflation level that inflation level was at. I was reading over a, a report we were doing this past uh, week, which it it peaked at eight point one. in twenty twenty two, which was insane. And then in March twenty twenty two, they started to increase those rates ten times. They did so. Um, the the uh, The inflation rate itself is starting to come down. So headline inflation, I believe, is now at three point one. So it is starting to uh, to mitigate itself a little bit. In terms of whether or not they're gonna stick to uh, stick to it for the for the foreseeing future, for forthcoming future, you know, it's it's hard to tell. That's, they paused, okay, they that's, it a few times,
1: so that's what is- I want to get. That's what I want to get into. That's what I want to get into. Should the Bank of Canada be locked on to this two percent target for inflation, like a like a dog on your pant leg, or should would it be better? For your members and small businesses, if they relax a little bit and 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 let those let those rates let those rates slide down before maybe they necessarily get all the way to two, because I I I wonder so it's like a religion this two percent number.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it, it's going to take time for the economy to absorb these interest rate hikes anyways, so it's going to take, that's the thing, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight, just like the increase in interest rate does. The inflation rates coming down, it's not an overnight thing. The way the economy absorbs everything is not an overnight thing. You're talking about a 12 to 18 month sort of window for this thing, for this to happen. So that's why I'm saying it's 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 hard to tell. You do need a crystal ball to figure this stuff out. They're obviously keeping tabs on it. But what we are seeing is that the inflation levels are coming down. Uh, wage levels and price levels that our members are setting are also starting to come down a bit, although they are still at all at historically higher than average levels but they are starting to mute themselves uh, a bit but also the main the other thing is that with just staying on the interest rates of you, you were talking about that the fact is that it's having a real critical impact on our members right so it's it's you know it's 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 doing yeah. a great thing for inflation but at the same time one in two members are telling us that it's negatively affecting them you know the like we were talking earlier borrowing costs makes it more difficult to do just about anything right now in terms of investing in their business. So it's, that's a realistic factor of it. And so if there's other ways to mitigate that pressure on businesses, you know, that's, that's what we would say. It's, it's, you know, there's, you're doing this to sort of better the, the way the economic situation is, but at the same time, there's some, you know, there's some, uh, some that are taking that uh, that on the chin because of it. So how do we how do we help those out a bit more? Right. So and that's why it's important to acknowledge the fact that, you know, SIBA is out there. SIBA, that SIBA loan needs to be repaid and there is that forgivable portion that's still up for grabs. And why not extend that forgivable portion up till twenty twenty-four just to give them that little bit more of breathing room? Or you know, in taxation, reducing some forms of taxation to do that. We know that that's, that's the thing they can do to help the sector. Yeah.
1: without removing the effect of the interest rates that they want on inflation, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's sort of the relief thing.
0: There has to be a relief valve, right? We know yeah. that if, our, if there were, we asked our members if taxes were reduced, what would you do? Not surprising, number one answer is we'd pay down our debt. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. That, yeah. and we'd also increase our employees' compensation, which, again, people are dealing with inflation and the rising cost of living. So from a business owner perspective, they want to be part of that solution so it's why not let them be part of that solution
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Q3 was negative growth right in in the economy all the way across what 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 was it a what was it one percent down uh GDP I'm trying to evaluate whether we're going into a recession or not oh
0: I, I believe they revised that number to a, the the last one so it's no it's not the yeah I believe they revised it so we didn't have it? We didn't have negative growth? No. In nice. fact, they revised it. That's the oh. reason why it wasn't two quarters of negative growth. <laughs> yeah, that's why they revised it. They
1: didn't want anyone saying there actually was a recession. But I, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's
0: cool. Good. So um future what you- GDP growth is quite low, though.
1: It is, it is. It is. It is very low. It's very slow. Not surprising, given the condi- given the inflation, given the conditions, yeah. um, um, on the. <laughs> so I guess, like, what are, what are you thinking? Uh, uh, next year, mild recession,
0: flat. For now, what the GDP looks like, and at least what we're calling it is it's it's stagnant right now, right? It's just yeah. laying there, and it's 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 and you could point at it and say you know this is what it is and it's this bad but how do you get out of it it's how do you improve this situation right and this interest rate thing and the in, it, it is not making it easy for business owners to be able to become more productive to get us out of this as well to get those gdp numbers out right so if you're not being if you're not if you if you're if they are you know dealing with all the all the issues on the investment side how else do we sort of alleviate again that valve so they can use some funds to to uh, put that into their business and increase productivity, or do do more, right? Like even the losses that we saw in the construction sector from labor shortages. So there's different ways to alleviate and to get the sort of these the uh, our GDP up and running and get things moving. But you know it's, it's going to take it's going to take an effort and it's going to take you know a scalpel to sort of get in there and see what can we do for 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 businesses in order to get them moving again.
1: If the government asked you, Christina, what they should do about inflation, what would you tell them?
2: Yeah, <laughs> see, <question>. it's hard, <laughs> isn't it?
1: Because it's 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 all time. The only thing yeah. that solves inflation is time. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And I, I think right now inflation just says what we're seeing in our, our data that demand is softening across all sectors. Mm. It, it's like like uh, Mar- marvin said it's a lagging indicator and we're we're seeing the impacts coming through in our data now in the coming months and in just the recent few months where insufficient demand didn't even used to be in the top 3 and now it's right up there so i i think they've done what they they needed to do to try to tame uh inflation uh, but there are, are huge cost pressures and though uh, on small business owners. And if you don't address those cost pressures, you're going to be facing other issues down the line, linked to productivity, linked to employment, linked just to the overall all well being of Canadians and Canadian entrepreneurs.
1: That's why I'm impatient. That, that's why I'm impatient with this two percent target. And I'm and I'm and I'm 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 tugging tugging all the time at the reins, going. Softening demand is a scary term. I don't like I don't like that because because demand was a a, a raging tiger for for three or four years there uh, certainly uh, all through COVID and 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 it's only now kind of getting knocked back by 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 these rates you know and so it feels like even a, uh, a little relaxation on the rates and you'd get all this demand and it would solve a lot of problems and I'm and I'm and I'm not sure that it would make inflation go crazy again because. That that was a structural thing. So much of that had to do with whether you could get containers out of China or not. And and and, and, and like like there was there was all this extraneous stuff going on in COVID that 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 caused that, that inflation issue. And, and so I I I feel like I feel like they don't need to worry about it quite so much. But maybe I'm I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm going completely greenspan here uh with with wanting the rates and stimulus and all the rest of it.
0: Uh, am I crazy Marvin or, or, or just. I think you like everybody else. You're trying to figure out a solution to this.
1: Yeah. Situation. Yeah. So there is no easy solution. Okay. Big wrap up, big question time. Uh, Marvin, in your, uh, in your view, uh, how was 2023 for small business and how's 2024 going to be big, big picture?
0: Oh, well, you know, we recently asked our members themselves how they're feeling about uh, the coming year. So Top three words: hopeful, stressed, <laughs> yeah. and and I believe the third one was, what was it? I can't recall the third one, but it was hopeful and stressed. So yeah. at least at least they're looking out to see that there's something on the horizon that that'll help them out. And the stress obviously comes from with what, what was happening over the past year. Yeah, and it's it's all, everything we talked about today. If you know, if you've, if, and I've talked to other business owners at the present presentations I've made, and you know, you do get that sense of relief for those that were able to, like, if with the Siebel loan balloon to pay off that loan. But mm-hmm. on the other side, you have those that are still have that loan looming. So it depends on depends on the individual, depends on their business, depends on their sector. So it's you know, it's a it's a tricky, it's just very a tricky situation still for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, one one thing that I will add is that we also did one other report this year looking at uh, at uh, where the uh, dollars go in terms of if you're buying in a small business or if you're buying at a large business right and this is kind of cool. so we saw that about 66 cents of every dollar is actually recirculated in the province or local area when you spend in a small retailer you compare that when you spend at a multinational it's 11 cents online giant 8 cents so as much as we're talking about you know governments helping and trying to do their part here it's also up to us as consumers to sort of put our money where our mouth is sometimes and go to these uh, small business retailers and try to try to help out a little bit by you know choosing certain products or going to them and your neighborhood your neighborhood shop and you know trying to help out in some way right i know it's difficult at times so obviously that those sometimes pricing is an issue but you know where you can try to help out
1: i love that message take a little drive in your cars folks this is this is marvin from your local chamber of commerce telling <laughs> you <laughs> get down to the store get off the screens go see your friendly guy and get yeah. yeah i like it that's that's exactly yeah. no i a 100 percent agree and those are those are astonishing numbers and i don't i don't doubt it uh yeah 66 cents out of every dollar recirculated that's a yeah. that's that's a nice thing to know christina what big words come to your mind when you think about 2023 and and what do you expect to be saying in 2024 um
2: what big words come to my mind uh Quite a bit of efforts and quite a bit of fight, um, which will continue into 2024 to try to get the best for our members, that's for sure. Um, We got some win and some victory with regards to um, credit cards. That was a wonderful announcement where the rates were going to be or are going to be lowered in the fall of 2024. Definitely want to see more announcements like that Um, and definitely encouraging uh, the government to try to make that – come to reality sooner rather than later with regards to let's say Siba would like to see an announcement that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see it but we'll keep fighting for it
1: <laughs> fantastic christina marvin uh Thanks. cfib you guys are doing great work uh i uh i, I really uh, always enjoy uh, uh uh talking to you guys recommend everybody uh everybody check it out what's that website again christina FIB.ca. or Bfib.ca, it doesn't get any easier than that <laughs> that's where you go to uh to uh find out all about the organization uh and uh, and and you know what join up and and like i say there's just a, a a ton there uh that's 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 of use and uh you know what you guys uh, you guys have a lot of great insights that uh that we can use for 2023 so listen happy holidays to both of you and uh we'll talk again hopefully in
0: 2024 <laughs> thank, thank you very much Thanks for us. Fenestration Conversation is a presentation of Fenestration Review Magazine and Annex Business Media.